0: Welcome, Hudson Valley, to this week's edition of In Touch, the public affairs and issues program that runs across Townsquare square media, the Hudson Valley radio stations. With us this week is Jeffrey Sassoon, executive director of the Mid-Hudson Discovery Museum. The Mid-Hudson Children's Museum is going through a rebranding, adding new exhibits and expanding its programs to wider age demographics with bright plans for the future. We will be discussing the integration between in-school formal education and creative informal out-of-school education. Jeffrey Sassoon talks about the legacy of the Mid-Hudson Children's Museum and how it is rebranding itself as the Discovery Museum. We'll touch on creating hands-on, engaging environments for children of all ages and the significance that interactive learning has to students, teachers, and parents alike. We invite you to join us and listen to a previously recorded conversation between Jeffrey Sassoon and myself here on In Touch. Hello, Hudson Valley. You are listening to another episode of In Touch, the public affairs and issues program brought to you by Townsquare Media of the Hudson Valley. I'm your host, Connor Walsh, and with me today got someone very, very special. We have the executive director of the Mid Hudson Children's Museum, Jeff Sassoon. Jeff, how are you?
1: I'm doing great today. How are
0: you today? Doing very well. Really happy to have you here. I just want to say the Children's Museum was so impactful for me as I was growing up. I remember going there on field trips, birthday parties, various different events that you guys held. And I can still remember some very clearly. I remember there was this puppet show that I saw years ago. The, the Children's Museum meant so much to me, as it did so many of my friends growing up. Calling it the Children's Museum, it doesn't feel right anymore because you guys are doing something really exciting for the future of the building and the program, and hence why we have you on today. So could you tell us about this recent rebranding that you guys are up to?
1: Yeah, so just recently, we uh, we reopened after two years of closure. Uh, we opened in May, uh, and uh, COVID hit all uh, the up. Not for profits, uh, pretty hard. During the uh, closed down time, the the board of directors had been in a strategic planning session. And for years, we had served children's zero through six. And looking at the landscape of STEM and education, public education, and children's performance in school, the board was thinking, you know, what else can we do to better reach out to the children that we serve? And out of that uh, planning and strategic ideation. uh, uh, period, they came up with the idea that they should be expanding the range of children they serve, the age range. So instead of zero through six, it's now zero through 12. The main change reflects the new exhibits that we have here. So also during that uh, closed down period, we had done a capital campaign. We used a good amount of those funds to purchase hands-on science exhibits here now. So there's uh, 17 exhibits that we have on the floor. They all demonstrate different science phenomena. They have activities included in them, so they're mechanical. And every time you manipulate these machines and different exhibits, there is a different outcome. So it's not like you do it once and you're done. So it involves a child's imagination, uh, and they investigate and they try it out.
0: No, but that's fantastic, everything that you guys have been building up. Now, you said it's been on hiatus here for two years. Is that really mainly to do with the pandemic, or were there other things that kind of happened coincidentally at the same time? Uh, run us through that timeline, please.
1: That, that, that's a pretty good question, actually. So It was largely due to COVID, but actually it sort of worked out because during that time is when we did the museum renovation as well. So it was during that time that we took the entire second floor, gutted the museum, uh, gutted the second floor, and we installed a new science exhibit. So uh, that in itself was a a good one year uh, of the process. Nobody knew COVID was coming. The the, the board had in mind that there was a way to step up our game and and contribute more uh, to uh, the immediate region. Uh, And then covid came along at the same time. So, uh, like I said, it it gave uh, the board and and management time to sit back and prepare for this. And it's a timely addition. It's a timely change. I mean, we're coming out of STEM education. We're coming out of COVID now. And you've heard it uh, on radio, on TV, in the newspapers. I mean, test scores have dropped on children. Um, This is a generation um, that's really been impacted by COVID uh, in their educational performance. So, us ratcheting up our game, we're in such a much better position now uh, to serve the children of the area.
0: No, that's very good. So here, the Mid-Hudson Children's Museum has been such a big staple in the Hudson Valley for a long time. 33 years, correct? Is that correct?
1: Third, 33 years. And let me tell you a little story uh, where you started off that you came here as a child. Yeah. Um, every day I wear a name tag lanyard. Um, I proudly display it. I never take it off during the daytime. I put it on in the morning mm-hmm. uh, before I come to work. I take it off when I get home. So I'm going out to stores during the daytime, uh, picking up supplies or maybe picking up a cup of coffee. Uh, maybe at the end of the day, I'm going out for a bite to eat. But I don't even think about wearing the lanyard. But people say, oh, the Children's Museum. They recognize it right off the bat. They say, I went there as a child. My parents took me there as a child. or I take my children there now. Uh, The love in the community for the uh, museum is just overwhelming.
0: Oh, I'm sure. It it really has been such a staple in so many people's lives. And as I said, I remember a lot of things vividly. And uh, I remember um, one time in particular playing around in like this firehouse area that you had where you can put on all the... uh, Uh, Fireman's clothes. That was that was really cool. I don't know. That was like one of the most exciting things. I I think like three birthday parties in a row. I ran over there in particular. (laughs) It was like always just running over there. But there's so many wonderful things there. Can you go into specifics for us about the new additions? Now with all the STEM that you're offering, it's a part of this whole program called Science Revealed. Correct? Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah, so, um Let me let me just go back for one second though until I, until I go on to science reveals. Mm-hmm. Um, that fire engine area, uh, and I'll speak specifically about that because you brought that up. Yeah, go for uh, it. It's an area. It's an it's an area where children come together and they act out, and parents engage with them, and that's the the the, the magic of uh, this kind of museum is that parents engage with their children in make believe. Children engage with other children, and they learn how to socialize with other children. So although some people may think some of the stuff is simple, um, it's so, so important in the development of a child. Um, And you'll see that down there. So, yes, the the fire engine area is still there. Fantastic. um, And and the kids, um, just they flock to it. So it's, it's a wonderful thing.
0: Also, is the yellow submarine still there, too?
1: No, the yellow submarine is gone. That was uh, on the second floor. Yep. Yeah, that was uh, I did, I I never saw it. Um but um I've only heard about the things I heard there was a mastodon here too.
0: Yep. I remember um, that.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um yeah, all of those things are gone the uh, second floor uh is almost completely redone.
0: Gotcha. Well, that gives like a whole new impression and a whole new era for a whole new sense of kids and I I, I know I asked about the STEM, and we'll get to that uh, again in a little bit, but you uh, mentioned how test scores are down, and I've also been a camp counselor for years now, and working with the kids in the last two years, it's interesting to see the dynamic shift when it comes to how they interact with each other, how they interact with the counselors. It's so much different than when I started being a counselor 10 years ago where there is a sense of being timid. There's a sense of right. lack of structure. They're not necessarily interacting the same way. And the pandemic really hit hard that way. Um, I, I have a friend of mine who said, you know, uh, I think their kid is in first grade, first, second grade. And it wasn't okay. until recently that their teachers finally saw them without a mask on. And that was just mind-blowing. You know to right. think about that. It, that's what they were used to.
1: It's interesting you said that. When we had uh, we had an event here last Thursday night uh, to celebrate uh, the rebranding of the museum, and uh, we had a good group of, uh, of supporters here, um, and we also had uh, Mayor Allison, and we also had Dr. Eric Rosser, uh, the uh, superintendent of the uh, City Schools, and he said that exact same thing. As he's looking out on the audience, um, he said it's so nice to see people and see their faces because we all got too used to seeing a mask on people. Um, So it's just funny you brought that point up.
0: Yeah, honestly, just being able to see somebody's face and see their smile, obviously the eyes show so much, but... Just getting that full experience and that full connection with somebody, it makes a difference, especially for children that young when they're still reading everybody and they're still getting those cues. It's so important to, to their development to be able to get that. And something like the Children's Museum here, where you're able to express yourself in a variety of different ways with other children, it's only going to make that development even better, especially with the time that we've lost.
1: Sure. And talking about that interaction, I'm also glad you brought that up because I hope this COVID experience um, helps restart schools thinking about field trips. Um, Mm. When I was a child, I went on a field trip. I went on many field trips, and I remember them all. I remember the planetarium in New York City and and each uh, meteorite that was on the floor at the Hayden Planetarium. Over the years, unfortunately, uh, the trend has been... Uh, for schools to be teaching to the test, and they 've gotten away from school trips, and school trips are you know we occupy the space of informal education as compared to formal education, yeah, so as an informal educator here, so we 're the experience right we 're the ones who give the kids the spark, uh, the imagination, the kid, we feed their curiosity, and I hope that um, school school administrations uh, the PTOs, the PTAs, uh, get back out there and put it. Start putting kids on the buses again, and bring them to the museums, bring them to the cultural destinations, bring them to the places where they can be with other kids and they can learn at the same time. Because chances are they're going to go home and remember a lot about that, and that may influence how they take an interest in science, or engineering, uh, math, uh, technology. It's it's just a wonderful thing for a child's uh, for for a childhood. Uh,
0: experience no absolutely that's interesting that you say that that schools have been you know steering away from that even besides covid now i you know i i was in elementary school in the early 2000s and i feel like we still got that really great experience about going out and enjoying those field trips but it's interesting as you said um educating for those test scores, I saw that just as I was leaving, just as I was getting out. I feel like the avalanche was happening behind me, but it never hit me. So that's interesting that you say that, you know, across the board, they're not looking into that. Even before COVID, that seemed to be the trend?
1: Uh, Oh, absolutely. So let me put it in the context for you. So uh, I had been for a a good number of years at the Liberty Science Center in uh, New Jersey, in uh, Jersey City. And I had gotten there in 2008. And I'm a numbers person. I mean, I always look back, you know, and see how things performed and see what what they were performing for and how. And I had looked at the books at uh, Liberty Science Center. So if I went back to the late 90s, and and 2001, 2002, they had school trips. Now, now remember, this is a large museum. So they were doing some 200,000 field trips, school trips a year. By the time I got there, they were down to less than 100,000 school trips per year. Hmm. 66% drop on it. I mean, yeah, because we did peak at 300. But just put that into, into your head and say, gosh, 50% down. And you call the school districts and they would say, we don't have it in our budget. We can't afford it and or we're teaching the kids to the test. They wouldn't say teaching to the test, but they would say the way that we have to teach the curriculum now is we don't have the time to get out of school anymore. Wow. And that trend continues. That trend continues. And, you know, when you go to the different museum association meetings, annual meetings across the country, you heard that from every science museum and every museum out there, that field trips were declining.
0: Wow. That's really heartbreaking to hear.
1: it's it's heartbreaking. It really
0: is. I agree with. you. Wow, you've been listening to in touch. We are still talking with Jeff Jeff Sassoon with the Mid Hudson Discovery Museum. We've been talking about their rebranding, along with how the trends in field trips and child education has been going pre and post pandemic. Now it's it's fascinating how you're saying here that trends on field trips are going down. So. You just had this big reveal. You had this big uh, celebration with a number of local leaders, whether it be in government and in the educational system. What was the response from these people? Does it look like we are going to have a greater engagement again? How have those conversations been going
1: So when I spoke with uh, Dr. Eric Rosser, uh, and we uh, lightly uh, spoke about uh, what we're looking to do here, uh, he is totally welcoming. He's uh, making time for me to meet with him. Uh, We're going to meet with with some of his faculty, and we're going to think out and plan out um, how we can insert ourselves and and be of greater support uh, to his area. Uh, Same thing with uh, Dr. Moyer uh, from the Arlington School District, uh, looking very much forward uh, to working with the museum.
0: No, that's great. I think along with the pandemic, and I would love to see your opinion on this, there's a greater desire to get out and do some things because we were sheltered for so long. And now people of any age group, whether children or adults just simply want to do a little bit more, maybe not on huge scales and over elaborate, like very elaborate, like, uh, people might've in the past, but they still want to find that excitement. They want to find that growth and they want to just do. Be out because we've been stuck inside for two years. Uh, Do you you see that also happening at the same time?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, So the museum, we don't have a large marketing budget here, unfortunately. Um, That's one of the things I need to do is grow our revenue base, both contributed and earned so that there can be a more comprehensive uh, and and strategic uh, marketing effort here. So we opened up reopened in May. Uh, we've had no budget. It's been all word of mouth. So we had some very, very good summer days, some very, some good, very good summer weeks. But the days that we had good weather, all the families were outside. Um, so it was sort of a, uh, a double-edged sword. Um, so it, people are going out. We see that. We hear that. They tell us that. Um, but when it's nice out, they stay out.
0: mm. Understandable, I see that Now, whether there's good weather or bad weather A lot is going going to happen with the Discovery Museum We were teasing this before with Science Revealed Can you go into some of the specifics um, What you guys offer and why these kids and families Should be experiencing these new exhibits?
1: Okay, so one of them is a, a turn vortex A vortex is a whirling movement uh, that happens in water and air. And uh, in a vortex such as uh, the one created uh, that we have here with this exhibit, uh, the fluid spirals down as it more tightly together towards the center. And by turning that we have a handle. And you sit here, and, and you're cranking this handle, and you're getting speed out, out of the water. And the liquid is pulled in a circular motion, which pulls down the center. And there's an object in the center uh, at the top of the water. Uh, so as you create this vortex and you start to understand and witness this vortex, the ball comes all the way down to the bottom. So, you know, it's engaging, right? Um, You're doing an activity, and you can see the results of of your activity, but you're also starting to understand the science phenomena at the same time.
0: No, I really like that. I I think uh, kids would get really involved with that. From uh, what you said, you guys... uh, been open since May, right? And uh, has yes. that been like one of the more popular ones that the kids are gravitating towards?
1: Um, there's uh, something called the standing rope, uh, okay. which is uh, really pretty cool. And uh, it, it, there's a motor um, and there's a crank for it also, um, and they can uh, regulate the, the speed. Uh, but what this demonstrates is that without gravity, okay, this rope stands up in the air. Hmm. And it's and then you can manipulate it into different shapes, um, hmm. and it, it, it's it, every time you do it, you get a different result, and, and that's what you want to see. So you can distort it, you can speed it up, you can slow it down, uh, and you do the wrong things and it caves in, and <laughs> bingo, gravity takes over.
0: That's really cool. I, I can imagine you know kids seeing that it kind of shows you you know how there are quote-unquote basic rules that we are to learn, but then there are things that, you know, in order to find the true breakthroughs, you know, some of those rules you need to start to break in in the, all the right ways. And that's like the first thing that I'm thinking of when you're sh- telling me about this is like, oh, my God, that's so cool. Like, I could see myself just spending some time on it as well. That's great. <laughs> and,
1: again, these are the kinds of things, you know, kids come here, they can experience it nowhere else. They do it here. Um, and it sparks, you know, their curiosity. Uh, it feeds their curiosity. And, you know, maybe they they're home Googling, you know, ideas that surround that science. Um, you don't know where it's going to take them, but you know it's going to take them someplace.
0: No, truly. Now, uh you guys are also working on some stuff outside with the pavilion area, correct? You guys are looking to expand on what you have out there,
1: right? Oh, yes. We have a 7, 7,700-square-foot uh, outdoor pavilion. Uh, and it's only feet from the, the the shores of the Hudson. You can hear the water lapping up on the, on the shore.
0: It's truly beautiful um, for anybody who hasn't been down there. I love walking down there, just seeing it all. Gorgeous.
1: Yes, and... and uh, actually, sometimes we rent it out for people that want to have weddings or big occasions because it's just a spectacular uh, scenic view. Um, and, you know, we're between the two bridges, between the walkway over the Hudson. We're right at the base of the walkway over the Hudson. As a matter of fact, their elevator uh, comes down into the park next to us. Um, so people could do the walkway over the Hudson and do the Children's Museum or the Discovery Museum the same day. And then to the other side, you can see the uh, Hudson uh, Bridge. So it's a beautiful location. But... We do a, um, a farmer's market here um, every Monday from May through October. It's, one of the only, it's the only children's museum in the United States that has such a program. Um, and as a matter of fact, we have a large federal grant. Uh, I shouldn't say large, but meaningful um, federal grant to help us enclose uh, the market and turn it into uh, three or four days a week. Uh, because the USDA has designated Poughkeepsie City as a food desert. Um, we have many uh, families uh, at risk here. Um, mm-hmm. Nutrition, uh, healthy eating uh, is, is uh, 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 elusive. And we're looking to also at some point install a commercial kitchen inside the pavilion so that we can teach healthy cooking. Oh, wow. Uh, but but we're going to we're gonna have a science van on the road very soon where we can go to schools. And one of the programs will be... Uh, to do demonstrations of healthy cooking. Uh, the children will get to see how to cook healthy. They'll get to taste some of the food. And we may give them bags of food to take home with a recipe so they can start teaching uh, their parents um, some healthy cooking techniques. So, yeah, the pavilion is a, is a big growth strategy for us, uh, but it's also uh, another way of us helping uh, the people that we serve.
0: That's terrific. I really love that. You know, uh, one thing that I always got to enjoy with uh, my grandmother in particular, she loved baking and she loved cooking, and I would help her out in the kitchen, but uh, whenever I'd go over. But it's not like I did it on a very consistent basis. It wasn't until college that I really learned to cook, and I wish that I had an opportunity sooner. And that's cool that you guys are offering those resources to be able to learn and to experience it firsthand and show how capable you can be at any age to really start working on this stuff. That's great.
1: Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And to get the the caregivers and get the parents involved, too. So now, you know, uh, you're sort of com- completing the circle of, uh, you know, you'll have a child going to the grocery store with the parents. and child's going to start pointing out the healthier foods to eat, you know, to buy, to cook, to come home and eat, put around the table. So, yeah, so we're very excited about it. Right now, I'm at the point of looking for, you know, quotes uh, to get an idea of how much it's going to cost. We want to put, like, large glass garage doors on on the pavilion Mm. so that we can, you know, extend the season uh, of of its use and hold more activities and hold the farmers' markets even into, into the colder
0: months. That'd be terrific. Yeah, no, that'd be a great way to be able to extend that. You guys have been listening to In Touch, Hudson Valley's Public Affairs and Issues Program. We have been talking with Jeff Sassoon here with the Mid-Hudson Discovery Museum. Now, one thing that you just mentioned that um, before we wrap things up, I really want to touch on this. It helps relieve the parents and guardians. And that's not something we've been focusing on. And we've been talking about the children, but the parents something like this must be such a relief and also educational experience for the parents to show them what they can do as well, right?
1: You really hit on something important because too much today um, parents don't know how to engage in their child's education. Um, They feel like outsiders often. They're, They're a little bit awkward. Uh, schools and have changed since they went to school, and, and they feel that they are somewhat on the outside. And we're looking to give parents an on-ramp uh, to be more and more of the child's education so they can support them, so they can understand what the workload is and how to give them air cover for their studies or or to find out where the child may be struggling with concepts so get them help and so forth. So, so you know, on the one hand, this is a uh, uh, the museum is a great place for parents and children to engage together, but it's also serving as for caregivers to help be a partner in the education of their child.
0: Could you just back up just a tiny bit? We had a little bit of disconnection there. You were talking about how it's great for the uh, kids, but... And then we kind of lost you. I'm sorry.
1: Okay. I, it, it, it's It's... For the parents uh, a museum like this a space like this allows parents this is children parents often feel like outsiders they feel awkward about their child's education they don't know how to partner with them and an environment like this allows them to start learning show their children and 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 and, and begin to support the child in a holistic way uh, towards their education. Um, It's so important today, and uh, you you can't find another environment like this.
0: That's terrific. Jeff, thank you so much for sharing all this. I think this is going to be a great program and great revamp for the children and the parents of the Hudson Valley and educational systems. It's going to be Really great to see where this goes, and we hope to have you on again soon to talk about <laughs> all the wonderful things that this has sparked. Uh, Jeff, so is there anything else? Any, uh, how, how's the best way for people to learn more about the Discovery Museum?
1: Uh, go on to uh, the Internet. Go on to mhdm.org. Uh, travel through our website. Um, and if you'd like, you can, uh, you can call me here if you have an interest in, in supporting the museum because we have a lot to do. Uh, we need a lot to do uh, for help from out there. So um, we're here. We're here for the, uh, for, for the uh, citizens. Uh, we're here for the community. And uh, everything that we can do for them, we're going to.
0: Fantastic. Jeff, thank you so much for being here on In Touch. We really appreciate your time, and we really appreciate your insight
1: thank you so much. I truly appreciated this. You have a great day.
0: You as well. This has been this week's edition of In Touch, the public affairs and issues program that runs across Townsquare Media, the Hudson Valley radio stations. We want to give a big thank you to Jeffrey Sassoon from the Mid-Hudson Discovery Museum for joining us. In Touch is growing, and I'm so excited to share this news with you. On every Townsquare Media, the Hudson Valley radio station homepage, so WPDH, WRRV, The Wolf Light FM, and The One, there is a tab specifically for In Touch for you to find episodes and articles. Not just that, but we also have a brand new YouTube channel, along with Facebook and Instagram pages. You can find us on YouTube under In Touch, a Townsquare Media, the Hudson Valley production, and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at In Touch underscore HV. Whether you have a topic you want discussed or you want to be a guest, the best way to contact us is through our office number 845-471-1500 or email direct to connor.walsh at townsquaremedia.com. That and all of our new social media. October is nearly at an end, and I want to remind you of my Real Men Wear Pink campaign. Throughout the month of October, campaign ambassadors across the nation are stepping up and using the power of wearing pink to raise funds and draw attention to breast cancer. You can follow my journey and find information on how to support my campaign under the In Touch tag on the app and site of whichever Town Square media station you're listening on. I've been your host, Connor Walsh. Until next time, stay curious, keep an open mind, and as always... I'm glad we get to spend some time.